Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit PhotographersEdit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for another episode. Uh, we are we are well over 300 episodes at this point. It just keeps getting better because I actually have with me, uh, who I feel are just longtime friends, Ikentosh from the brand Ikentosh. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on the Boca Podcast today. Uh, thank you for having us. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I told you this before we started recording. I'm I'm just genuinely excited about the opportunity to have conversation. It's been a little while. I mean, we've known each other for years. In fact, I, a long time since I th- the beginning. Yeah, since the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I think back to I had a chance at one point I, to come hang out. Was it at your house where I got to speak to a group of photographers? Oh, my goodness. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that was like way back in the beginning. Like, That's per- been like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we genuinely have history here and, and it's cool to reconnect. And I know I got I got a chance to see Ike at WPPI a few months ago. Tosh, hopefully I get to see you in person again soon, but it's it's fun to at least reconnect over a conversation like this. And just to kind of break the fourth wall for everybody listening in, I told Akintosh, I was like, you know what, let's let's just kind of hold on to the small talk for the recording because I'd love to catch up on air and let everybody kind of get to know you as we do chat a little bit. So uh, first of all, I, I know that, that the family dynamic has changed in the relatively recent time. Tell me a little bit about how your family's doing uh, and you've added another one to it. Yes. Yeah, well, I think we're always adding people to our family, (laughs) to be honest. But we actually made a human being and added a family member. Uh, We had a daughter named Courage back in February. Yeah. And so she is approaching eight months old and she is a joy. She actually just started crawling about uh, 40 minutes ago. Oh, literally? Yeah, like that was a really big deal. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Preparing Uh, for the podcast. I'm not a fan. (laughs) <laughs> like shoot yeah more responsibility now mm-hmm. uh, well first of all your kids have the most beautiful names wisdom and courage i think it's just it's so unique and so beautiful and i'm curious if maybe you can just speak to the principles that those names represent and and the significance of them why you gave your kids those names yeah um well <laughs> Ike, i wish you could see his face because he ike is always fighting me on these names that i come up with we named wisdom seven years ago Really after I was raised in foster care and aged out of the system and really was hoping for a girl because my mom also was given away. And I just think a lot about Esther and how God blessed her with wisdom and she was an orphan and like she freed her people. And it was just like a word that really resonated with me when I think back over the course of my life, even leading me to this clown that's sitting next to me. (laughs) And then shortly after WPPI in 2017, like everybody, I got really sick at WPPI and I thought it was like a cold that just would not go away. But I was actually walking around with viral flu and Mm. pneumonia and um, it turned into 
heart failure. It sent me into heart failure. And I spent 16 days in the hospital and almost lost my life. And when I came out, they told me that I would not be able to have any more children, which was really devastating because I had put a lot of energy into building this business. And really, we put off having a family because we felt like we had a lot of time. Yeah. And so after lots and lots of prayer, we got pregnant and really felt like courage really represented the last season of our life. We went through a lot and fought through a lot and it required a lot of courage to kind of keep going. Wow. And so her name is actually Courage Kairos and Kairos is a Greek word for time, um, which means God's opportune moment. So her name is Courage in the Right Time. And it's just like a reminder that like if you have courage, right, like things will come. And it's really about having courage at the right time to make decisions and to leap and to jump. And so she's just a reminder of that like season of our life and coming out of it and basically winning. Basically winning. I love the summation (laughs) of that. (laughs) Well, and and I love, I love the significance of, uh, and I, to be very upfront with everybody, I can't speak much to the Greek language, but I have a, just a slight bit of experience. I guess you could call it studying it, having been in Bible school myself years and years ago, whole different life ago. And Greek carries a similar color in, in its, I guess, just the, the broad definitions that a word can have. It, it carries a certain color that reminds me of the Japanese language. I grew up in Japan, and, and, and Japanese carries a certain nuanced meaning, uh, certain words anyway, a certain nuanced meaning to it that is just much more colorful, more broad, more meaningful um, or impactful, maybe in some cases, than my experience with the English language, and mm-hmm. and I noticed that with the Greek language as well. When you when you study the Bible and particularly go to Greek translation, um, those words can have just so oh, they much just more mean meaning. So much more. Oh, no, yeah. totally. And after we named her Courage, the really fun part about her is that she was born in February, which is Heart Month. Okay. And as a heart failure survivor, like February is a really big deal. And then. Um, Brene Brown, actually, the the week after she was born on Valentine's Day, she had posted this post and it was like courage is a heart word. And she explained that uh, the, the root word of courage is core. And in the Latin, that means heart. Mm. And so that just made it even more significant because she's like this baby that we got after I went through heart failure. And our, my heart is like something that gets monitored on a regular basis. And it's really special. And it's been really fun getting to know her and seeing her personality come forward. So. Wow. Well, I have to ask this question because when you, you talked about your heart or someone's heart, uh, it reminded me of a, uh, a question that a, a friend of mine used to ask me. Uh, she would say, how is your heart? And, and it had a, a very deep meaning, um, you know, emotional or psychological significance. But uh, in your case, Tosh, how is your heart physically? Like, how are you doing these days? Yeah, my heart actually is perfect. When I, a couple months after I got sick, they tested my heart and they've been monitoring it. And there's like no signs of any stress or anything happening. It's almost like it never actually happened. Wow. The only time I had any issues was like the last couple of weeks of pregnancy. My body kind of went into a little bit of distress. And so uh, they pulled courage early. But I got to have her naturally, which was really nice. And we just pressed on. So I haven't really had any issues since 
the actual situation happen, which is a blessing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious, and I actually have your Instagram account pulled up. So everybody listening in, uh, if you just go to Instagram.com slash Ike, I-K-E, and Tosh, T-A-S-H, and we'll link to this in the show notes, you can see this picture. But I've got a picture pulled up of you guys, the two of you, actually, from back in June 29th of 2018, so a little over a year ago. Um, you all just look like a badass couple. Um, and, and, and my experience interacting with the two of you in person, hanging out together, your energy is really, really great. Talk to me about how this experience, particularly with, with the health crisis that you dealt with, Tosh, uh, and now having a new little one, like how has your relationship been affected in the process? What's that been like? Oh, I don't like him at all. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you guys could see Ike's face because that's the part of like really like getting Ike and understanding Ike is seeing his facial expressions in there. Yeah, I I literally haven't heard anything from Mike, so I wish we could all see his facial expressions right now. (laughs) I'm here, you know, uh, making your face. This is how it is with Ike. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm curious. Actually, I jump in on that one. And then, Tosh, I want to hear your, your side on this, too. Talk about what it was like from kind of your side of the coin and that experience with, with Tosh dealing with these health issues and then going from that to having a new little one as well. You know, to be honest, yeah, I'm kind of like pretty calm. So I don't know if it changed much for me in a sense because, like, you know, from my point of view, like, you know, I've always been kind of dealing with health issues with Tosh like between the two of us she's been to the hospital enough times you know, um for dang both. put my business out there <laughs> so, the severity of the situation was greater than like you know past you know situations we had before but how I handled it is kind of the same like I'm like you know everything will be okay we'll get through this and it's on to the next. Okay. So first of all, I have not been to the hospital several times. I gave birth to a baby. That's okay. So Paul, let me, let me, no, we so, don't need to run okay, down. Right, okay. That's right. not, okay. <laughs> Second of all, Ike doesn't say very much, but Ike ate his way through the hospital. He was eating my food, everybody's food that they brought in the food that he carried. And that's what Ike does. Like Ike is, doesn't say much, but he does a lot. And that's what you see. But what I will say is that um, I think what we learned in that situation is like we're a family unit. I mean, even wisdom was such a strength at that time. And like we do things as a family. And that is, I think, the forefront of just who we are and what we do. And I think that it put the focus back on that. Hmm. Everything else comes after that. Yeah. And now moving forward or since we've gone through that situation, like we make decisions based on that. Whereas before, you know, it's, it's really easy to get caught up in the pressures of the industry and what you think you should be doing or, you know, with 10 years of experience, we should be a certain place. But like, if it doesn't line up with our family values and who we hope to be and what we hope to accomplish as a family, it doesn't line up with us at all. And that I think more than anything, we've drawn drawn our line in the sand about how we want to live our life and what we value and what's important to us. Would you agree with that, Mr. Haynes? Yeah, that's always been my viewpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played, Ike. (laughs) Ike has it all figured out. I'm the one that is just lost and floundering around, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it is funny to see how personalities come together, though. I've been in a relationship for quite a while now with Jill. And Jill is just, in fact, I was just, my my mom and I were just talking about her last night. and, And even my mom was saying how just even keeled she is. I tend to still be the more emotional one. Uh, I've got much better over the years, but 
I can be kind of up and down and I tend to react um, maybe a little bit more emotionally, a little strongly. And Jill is just very, very even keeled. And it's really helped kind of shine a light on my inconsistency emotionally and help me learn a little bit more about the significance of consistency and taking a deep breath and being in the, okay with the quiet um, and not reacting so strongly to something. But it's fun to see how different personalities, how you can kind of learn from each other if you give room for, make space for that. No, and- that's so true. Like I'm definitely more like you in our our situation, but I also bring the adventure and the, <laughs> yes. the risk-taking. Like we wouldn't yeah. be where we were in business. There are a lot of opportunities we wouldn't have had had I not like launched us out there, right? Like, that's cool. So there's gotta be somebody that is willing to jump but jumping comes with, I think, that up and down, right? Like, it's the risk taker in us, but it's also, like, that emotional, like, I don't know, like, vibrancy in which we live our lives, so. But then it's nice to have somebody there that's, like, thinking about the details, too. Because I, I, I'm i like you, Tosh. I do want to jump and then kind of, you know, build my wings uh, down on the way down, if you will. And Jill has this ability to be able to think of the details. And, and it's really helpful because these days... I'm just, I'm even less apt to remember all the details in order to get something done. So it's nice to have that balance. But anyway, I just props to you guys for continuing to grow and to learn and and figure out how to make a relationship work over the long run and through struggles and having kids. And I mean, it's, it's a lot. So I have to give you props for that. And thanks for sharing a little bit about your personal life. Um, Talk to me about your, your photography brand though, because this is an interesting one. Y'all are still, are you still, are you outside of Seattle or actually in the Seattle market? Whereabouts are you based right now? I feel like, well, we're definitely in the Seattle market, but we live in Tacoma, which is about 25 minutes or so south of Seattle on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Seattle traffic is is one of those things, right? Yeah, it is these days. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, and that took, are you, like, would you look at yourselves as photographers? Would you say that you're a Tacoma photographer? Would you say you're a Seattle photographer? And, and does that affect the way that you position yourself? Um, you know, we're we're Tacoma photographers. Like uh, most of our clients, like ninety percent of our clients come from the Tacoma area. Okay, or they call it the uh, South Sound. I I would disagree with Ike simply because I feel like it's regional. Like I don't think that I think that photographers that are in Seattle and Tacoma like work with clients from all like it's the South Sound area, and so. I would say, yes, we, we are like fine to say that we're from Tacoma, but I, I actually disagree with him in terms of like the clientele and the breakdown of it. He doesn't really know the numbers. That's not his thing. So he'll very confidently say that those things though. Well, but I'm, (laughs) I'm curious though, because I mean, you look at, wait a second, Paul, if you look at our Instagram, all those locations are Tacoma locations. Fair enough. We shoot it. For sure. Well, and so speaking of, I mean, whether it's Tacoma, Seattle, or kind of the the, the regional area that we were talking about, it's still a, it's a big market and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of photographers. I'm curious how you all position your business. We talk a lot about brand position here on the podcast because it's not something that's talked about enough, A, and and B, most photographers haven't really thought about what actually makes them different. A lot of times you'll hear photographers say, well, it's me, me makes the business different. And I get the thought process. But when somebody doesn't know who you are, mm-hmm. they need to be able to latch on to another idea, right? What does this photography brand represent? And does that resonate with what I am looking for? So I'm curious, how would you all describe your brand position? What makes you unique, unique in that market? Well, I would say that it's us. <laughs> all right. But, but the reason why I would say that is because it is us. We live in a predominantly... Pause, um, pause. We're black. Okay. That's why okay. I, so I was going to say something a lot more PC, but yes, we're black in a, in a very uh, white market. 
bucket. There is no and need so- to be PC on the Boca podcast. <laughs> please, please. We're, we're friends. Keep going. I'm a, I'm a straight shooter. He so is a straight No, so we are black. We're black in the Northwest. That is what makes us unique. Okay. We are black photographers in the Northwest that have a, a very diverse portfolio. So our portfolio is not, we're not black photographers shooting black clients. We're yeah. black photographers shooting all kinds of clients. We shoot every kind of client, every kind of ethnicity that you can think of. Yeah. And then we also shoot um, weddings and portraits. And so we have like, you know, we have a bend in the market that way where we are wedding photographers, but also shoot portraits. We've chosen not to specialize. And then we also bring our own like special skills to the table. So Ike is a YouTuber and he really has taken off on YouTube and he knows how to shoot natural light, but he also knows how to work with lighting. And then I have a youth development background and have my own kind of influencer thing going on in like the mom blogger world. And so we get to bring those different skills also to the table. And I think like when you bring like your outside skills or the skills or the things that you're good at that maybe are not directly related to your business and you figure out a way to like incorporate it into your business, that is what makes you stand out. I think the other thing that's really unique about our business that I don't see a lot of photographers doing is that we have a mission component attached to our business and we have been, and we were doing that before it was cool to do that. Mm. We've been doing that from the beginning. Um, and so a lot of our our senior business in particular is really focused on kind of mission work. I guess what you would call like in a like if I had to name it, I would call it youth ministry. And we've we've poured into and sewn into a lot of young people's lives here in the South Sound. And so I think that's what makes us unique. And I think that we are set apart for people because they know that when they pour into or invest in our business that we're investing that back in the community in addition to, you know, supporting our families. So, so where about, like I'm on, I'm on the homepage right now, actually, no, I'm on the about section. So I'm going to jump back to the homepage of your, your website for everybody listening in. It's just simply Icontosh.com and we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But talk to me about that mission. Is that on the homepage of your website? Um, If you go to street team, um, you'll be able to kind of read up about our street team experience. And then we also have a nonprofit called and her, which works with high school girls in the South sound, teaching them leadership development, peer mentorship and things of that nature, along with like community service. How would you sum up the mission though? If you were to like, if one sentence, maybe two sentences, how would you sum that up? Come on, Ike. You know what? My mission is to take cool pictures. Get paid, all right? <laughs> uh, I don't really know how to sum it up. I, I think that, um, I think mentorship is really important. So it's an opportunity for me to mentor young girls while they mentor each other. Wow. And that comes through all kinds of different ways. But I've never really thought about what my tagline would be. So I... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you made an interesting point earlier, which was that in order to be able to create a distinct brand, you, it, leveraging strengths is really important. And, and, and that very much lines up with what we've talked about here on the podcast. I'm glad that you bring that up. The challenge ultimately is, is one that you just highlighted, which is how do you communicate that, that, that distinction, the strengths that you are bringing to the picture, which makes you unique. Um, you obviously, I mean, what, the cool thing about this mission that you're describing tagline or not, you're describing the investment that you're making in the youth in your area. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and to your point, I go to the street team page and there's this wonderful short video clip of you all with a bunch of young 
women. And I love that that has been a focus. I mean, you're talking about it now on the podcast, but I've known you all for years and this is nothing new and you've been very consistent in that investment. I think it's a really, really beautiful thing. And I can see how that that would naturally create your create a distinction for your brand. Yeah, it's been really incredible. And and as you, you're looking at that video, which is a few years old, we definitely need a refresh of our website. But we're at the point with our young people where we're like shooting weddings and shooting like their kids now. And streets and DJs proposed. Oh, yeah. I had two street team members, one from my 2012 class and one from my 2015 class get engaged last night. Wow. So, I mean, they found each other through my street team. No way. So, yeah, like they just connected and became friends and now they're going to spend the rest of their lives together. So just really cool, amazing opportunities. I took a group of girls to Paris last year. Some of them had never, ever left the country. Wow. It just really, it's been a really beautiful, they gave me a baby shower. I mean, girls no came way. home from college. Yeah, it was, it's just been such a gift that keeps on giving. So well, I, I just, I'm looking at your Instagram account again. And, and first of all, I, I have so much respect for the, again, that investment that you're making in the youth culture in that area. And then you highlighted earlier the diversity too of your portfolio. And I mean, I think that the combination of those things really do make you unique. That the fact that a mission, a deeper mission is driving what you do, uh, which is so huge because it's easy to burn out when you're doing something for yourself. But when it's focused, the focus is on other people and somehow serving them. It, it creates, I mean, it's just a whole different dynamic for the business, which can help increase sustainability for that business, um, make, creates more meaning, creates more fulfillment. And then, you know, sometimes you look at photographers, Instagram accounts, and there's very little variety. It just all kind of seems like the same thing. You all seriously photograph kind of any and everything and, and not to make that sound trite because it's beautiful, beautiful work. But I'm wondering, is there a reason for that? Do you as opposed to specializing in one thing, is there something that's driving you to to photograph weddings, to photograph portraits, to photograph such a diverse type of clientele, really mixing things up? Yeah, so... I think I, the benefit of is is two of us. So, like, you get two, you know, thoughts coming into the case. Like, if it was just up to Tosh, we probably wouldn't shoot weddings. But because I enjoy shooting weddings, like, that's still a bit... Oh, no, if it was on. up to Tosh, we definitely would not shoot weddings. Um, <laughs> I do not like weddings. And and to go to, to prove to Ike's point, like, we, we are two different people who value two different parts of portraits, hmm. portraiture, right? Like, and so it just didn't make sense for us to sit down and decide to throw out the things that make the other person happy. Yeah. I really enjoy shooting seniors. I love working with young people. That's my background before I was a photographer. And I really value the family portrait. I grew up without a family and have always like really valued families and wow. what they mean and the foundation of a family. And so those are the two things that get me excited that I could shoot for free and would have no problem. Ike could care less about those two things. And he loves weddings and engagements. And so the way that we've structured our business is that we are each other's kind of like backups and second shooters, but we lead in the areas that are our strengths. And so when it comes to weddings and engagements, Ike oversees that and he shoots that and I'm only there to support him. Or if we go on a cool location, like we have a wedding in a couple weeks in Cancun and I'm absolutely going to that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of wedding you can go for, huh? Right. But also also, it's a girl that I've known since she was five years old. Wow. And it's really important to her that I was there to shoot her wedding. And yeah. so 
those skills are there and I can pull them out when I need to. But, you know, and then every senior that we shoot, I lead and I head that up. But Ike is there to support me and to, you know, stand in the gap, like especially since we actually bring our kids on location with us. And we have since Wisdom was born. So sometimes I'll have to step aside to nurse courage or, you know, to check on the kids. And so he'll step in on my behalf. But that's why we have not chosen to specialize because our gifts are different. And they can't be like cooked down into like one thing. And so we've just structured a business model that works for those gifts and allows them to shine forward. And it also helps that people want to pay us for those things. So (laughs) that that does make a difference. (laughs) We have some people who probably might want to shoot other things, but can't get anybody to book them for it. You know, we have no problem booking those things. And like if somebody books us for a wedding and I want to shoot it, why not, you know, shoot the things that you want to shoot that you can get paid for. Right. You know, and like, we, we don't this? do stuff. We don't like, you will not see a newborn or maternity or any of that stuff. Like we're not good at those things. So we don't do them, but we do the things that we're good at. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was on a walk with Sue Bryce when she lived here in Seattle. And I told her that we were thinking about just like only doing weddings and seniors and giving up the family part. And she was just like, do you love shooting families? And I was like, yes. She goes, well, people pay you to shoot families. And I said, yes. And she goes, why would you ever give that up? Hmm. And I was like, you're right. And so we just never have. And it just works really well for us. Wow. And I love the the simplicity of that. We as photographers, artist types, you know, over analytical personalities tend to complicate things sometimes. And, And the way that Sue sums that up, do you enjoy doing it? Yes. Is somebody paying you for it? Yes. Don't give it up. I, I love the simplicity of that. And that's good practical mm-hmm. advice. Um, well, I, I love that our conversation is just kind of free flowing, but we've got a lot of ground to cover. So I'm going to keep moving here too. talk to me about one of the biggest lessons that you've learned as photography business owners so far. Um, what is what comes to mind? And actually, just to give a little bit of context, how long have you been in business? And then share that advice with us, if you will. So we have been in business for 10 years. This is our 10th year. Um, shooting. And uh, I'm sure that maybe our advice would be different, but I feel like there's two, like outsource, like whatever it is that you don't want to do, don't do it. I feel like you spend way more time and energy trying to figure out how to do the thing that you're not good at and just pay the person to do it. Hmm. And then the other thing is just like understanding like what you're paying for and where you're investing your money I think in the beginning, it's super easy to sign up for these things and to do these things and to buy all of these things and to not ever use it or not ever train yourself to like really uh, maximize like the investment. So I just feel like being slow to kind of jump on a bandwagon and add something to your business. We've been running our business off the, the same three lenses for like the last seven years. Wow. And that just has worked for us. Like, I don't think that I like, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. Like it's nice to like own every lens and to have all of these like backup cameras and stuff, but you're only shooting with one camera on one lens at a time. And so it's just kind of like, who, what are you trying to do and who are you trying to impress? Like keeping up with the Joneses in this industry is just not worth it. So just making decisions that like best suit you and that makes sense for your business. Oh, that's really, really good. Okay, I want to keep moving. That's just great practical advice. It speaks very loudly for itself. Talk to me about time. And this is particularly relevant right now when you have a a very young baby in the house, especially one who is crawling around. Uh, But how do you all create time amidst kind of the what can seem like chaos of family life and running a business that is doing really, really well? 
are there certain principles or ideas that you've put in place that enable you to stop time for each other, for yourself? What does that look like? We just kind of wing it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, right. don't wing it. He wings it. <laughs> you guys, Ike, Ike does not run the business. If you've not picked up on that during this podcast, then <laughs> Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the straight up answer from my perspective. Like we we're not like oh you know at five o'clock we stop what we're doing. Like we just we get it in where we can fit in. If that makes sense. Sure. And- no, so I don't think that it's we don't have a structure. Like where people have like a really organized structure, but what we do have is routine and we have a way that we do things. And so we only shoot during the week. We shoot our seniors on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. We were doing ordering session on those same days in the evenings, but we just recently like assessed our life and realized that we don't actually want to spend time on that. So we've changed how we price our product so that it makes sense and works for our schedule. Um, We schedule our vacations. We schedule our weekends off. We don't give weekends to clients unless they're family or wedding clients. Um, we don't shoot on Sundays at all. So we have like this like routine and these rules in which we like function. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that we like have this like at eight o'clock we're doing this or whatever. I know that if I want time to myself that I need to go to bed with the kids and I need to wake up early while they're still asleep. Mm. Right. And we have a calendar that we share and Ike knows he needs to check the calendar so he knows what's going on during the day. It definitely helps to have such a huge age gap between our children because we have one that's in school all day long and then we just have one that's home. And so it's really just about like establishing a routine and how we do things. But I think that we've kind of, we've got it down. And again, like, again, I always point that it helps that it's two of us and and both of us are doing a business because when I say we wing it, like it's more of a, Oh, we have like two hours of, of a break and she might have to get might have something to work on. So I'll take over and I'll help out with the kids. Or it's like, oh, uh, we got some free time during this day. Hey, can I go do this? Can you watch the kids? You know. Whereas like she said, we don't have like a, a, a like you said, at five o'clock we do this, at eight o'clock. It's kinda like, all right, well, typically, you know, the kids have a bedtime. We wake up, we have a specific area where we eat breakfast, you know, like, what do you want to do for lunch type of thing? We're not super structured people. No, that's just not our our nature anyway. But better believe with all this family in town this week, and we'll be taking advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, maybe like a, a night out or yeah. something. It sounds like it might be in the works. I, You know, I, I've, I guess, opened more to the idea of being flexible, particularly over the last year or two. I mean, things have been a little bit busier for me, more time consuming the business or businesses. And I've, I've set aside this kind of almost absolutist mentality that I had before about there's got to be, you know, kind of like you were talking about, like we're five o'clock, we stop working and, and at six o'clock we do this. And, and that those absolute rules um, can almost get in the way at times. And mm-hmm. we do have to, to flex and to flow and take advantage of opportunity where there is opportunity to to get some work done. And and actually that's one of the benefits of running our own business is that we do have that flexibility. And as yeah. long as it doesn't take precedence over the relationships in our lives, then it, I think it, I think it's cool. And, and as long as it's not keeping us from getting the, the rest that we need, taking care of our health. I mean, I think those are the two things, relationships and health that we have to, we, we have to prioritize, but flexing and flowing with, with a crazy day or a crazy week or a crazy month for that matter. Um, not a bad mm-hmm. idea. And, and I like Tosh that you highlight 
those those kind of rules that you have in place. That that gives a kind of a loose structure. Even in our conversation before we started recording, I told you, I said, hey, I, I sent you this outline, but it's not meant for us to function robotically within that outline. We can, we can follow a rabbit trail or follow a tangent here and there. Um, I think a loose structure is good because it gives us direction in our business. But this idea that we have to function a very specific way every day it can be a little bit too rigid and get in the way. So I think that's a, it's a really nice balance, actually. Talk to me about an impactful book or books, uh, potentially podcasts, a, a source of education, ultimately, or inspiration that has made a really big difference in your lives. Gary Vaynerchuk. And I would 100% agree. Ike's always listening to Gary Vee and I'm always like, who is that? And then I listen to Gary Vee over his shoulder. But I think like the, the, the insights and the things that he communicates, they're just brilliant. They're just brilliant tools. And everything he says is always like really on trend. And I mean, it's really ahead of the trends. And we both really enjoy listening to him and like gleaning knowledge from him. And I think that like as an entrepreneur and as somebody who is trying to like if you're trying to, you know, grow in your business and figure out new ways to kind of like, you know, reinvent the wheel or figure out new things to do as far as business is concerned. I think that like listening to him and how he goes about his business and how he gives like advice to people can really resonate with people, you know, with, with yourself. If, you know, Well, yeah, be, largely I think because the, the ideas, the principles are very simple, right? It, it's easy to, mm-hmm. to read a book that is 300 pages long and sounds fancy and, and, and the use of these, all these different words and teach these, all these principles and outline the structure that you're supposed to run your business within or whatever it is. But Gary communicates the most, the most important principles. And there's these few driving ideas that you'll hear resonate throughout his content consistently. And he does that very purposefully. He breaks the fourth wall and acknowledges that fact. And ultimately, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. And in fact, he he actually released a video. I don't know if you all saw this one uh, within the last week or so. That that's high. It's titled "You Have to Make a Choice." Have you seen this one? I haven't seen any recently. It's been like a few weeks since I've like caught up on his stuff. But like my favorite talks of his are when he does those business talks where he talks. He had that. When he does his like talks to like big yeah. crowds of people and things, I don't listen to very much of his like, you know, one on one talks where he just talks to the people. I like his business talks that he gives like to crowds of people. And, and I've been like to that. one of his talks before, and it's very consistent with the content that he puts out online too. I mean, consistency is really important, but I, I love the simplicity of it. We'll link to this video that I'm referencing in the show notes, and I'll have to send you all a link after we get done with the conversation because it is just wonderfully inspiring. I, I take Gary in kind of waves. I'll listen to him for a little bit of time and then back off and I'll go listen to him again. And and this video is just, I mean, like it literally had me in tears probably multiple times because I've watched the video multiple times, but it's just extremely inspirational and yet very simple advice again and encouraging people to just make a choice. We mm-hmm. put as business owners, as artist types, as emotional individuals, so much weight on individual decisions sometimes that really, we don't need to be putting so much weight on. It ultimately stifles us. It keeps us from being able to move forward. And he talks about that mm-hmm. in his video. And it's just, it's really, really beautifully done. So we'll link to that in the show notes for everybody listening in. You're going to want to go check it out. Go to bookapodcast.com or just click on the show notes in your, your podcast app there and watch that video. It's extremely inspirational. Uh, but thanks for sharing, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. Inspiration and just beautifully simple advice that if we actually put into practice, will make a big difference for sure. I mean, this podcast has certainly benefited from it. Let's talk about your camera bag really quick before we get into kind of our main focus for today uh, around senior photography. Talk to me about an unusual item. I know you said you only use three lenses. I think that's really cool. Minimalism is great. 
allows you to focus on what you're doing. But do you have anything unusual in your camera bag that enables you to be a better photographer? It might be kind of fun to share with our listeners. Candy. Yes. <laughs> what kind of candy? Um, I like the gummy. So okay. anything by like Haribo. Those, those chewy fruit candies. Yeah, yeah that totally. is a weakness of mine, I have to admit. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, we actually bring music on location. So we have yes. a JB clip. We just love having music on location. I think like our camera bag is pretty like similar, I think, to most people's. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, basic. it's pretty basic and boring. But we always usually have some kind of snack or treat in there. And then the JB speaker. <laughs> All right. And Ike, do you share in the love of chewy fruit candy as well? Or do you take something else along? Yeah, we just kind of, for the most part, snacks, basically. Just, <laughs> just say snacks. Goldfish crackers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you like the, do you like the, just the regular, like classic yellow, or do you like the multicolored ones? So, my whole family really loves the flavor blasted, but I do not. I am an old school classic kind of goldfish girl. So, All we right. usually buy two bags. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Those are so good. I don't know why. They just really are so good. That right. and then and then coffee, cold brew coffee. Don't yeah, that. coffee and kombucha. Oh, interesting. Is you know I've never gotten into kombucha. Have you all experienced a pretty significant benefit from, from that as far as your health is concerned? I don't know that I'm like the right person to ask, but I definitely love it so much. So when you come back to Seattle, I'll have to take you around to like kombucha tastings. There's a thing like I had no idea that was even a thing. Kombucha it's tastings. Totally a thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I'm totally game. Yeah, and we're definitely going to have to get together when I'm back out there. That would be absolutely wonderful. Now, I, I have to, I mentioned our history. I've known you all for a very, very long time. And I, and I also know, I mean, you just highlighted the fact that you don't specialize in just one thing. But what stood out to me as we were getting ready for this interview today was your senior photography. I mean, you, you talked about the mission that drives your business, which is the investment in young people. And senior photography is something that you really kind of launched onto the photography industry scene with and, and developed some notoriety around. So I'd love to delve into that a little bit, if it's okay with you all. Talk to me a little bit first, though, about, I'm, I'm just curious of your perspective about the state of the senior portrait industry right now, because I, I've seen it change pretty significantly over the years. I actually shot for Life Touch way, way back in the day. And, um, and so I saw what that side of the, the portrait or senior portrait industry looked like. And then I saw individual portrait studios begin to offer these custom senior portrait sessions and start to take business away from Olin Mills and from Life Dutch. Where are we at now in the industry with that? So I, I have a couple of different um, viewpoints and you'll probably hear my voice just a little bit more since, since it's like my where I focus. I was talking to some of my friends who are some pretty big names in the senior photography industry. And we really definitely think that there is I don't know, there's two things that could happen. I think that senior photography could potentially kind of edge itself out just because, first of all, the whole country does not participate in senior photography. Still, you know, on the East Coast and in the Deep South, they have like their specific portraits that they expect to go in the yearbook. So it's not a huge deal in every part of the country. Interesting. But okay. also, man, these cameras are getting better and better. Yeah. And I just actually got the iPhone 11 Pro today. I haven't Me too. Um, tested it out. Woo! Yes. So mine's in a box still. So we'll see how it goes. But it was so funny because at the store, the guy was like, yeah, you're going to have like a really great camera now. And I'm like, uh, this is not my camera of choice, but I was like, it's a good lazy camera for sure. But you know, with these young people, 
they just they don't. Hey, speaking, of, I might need to borrow your camera for Sunday shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like they they want to be able to um, be a little more cutting edge and have uh, a little more exciting portraits than what maybe I'd be willing to provide for them as a photographer, right? I'm not going to drive like 18 hours to go climb a mountain to take an awesome picture for them for their Instagram. And that's something that they can do. And if they have the equipment to do it, like a phone or these cameras are getting cheaper and cheaper, kids are learning how to, or young adults are learning how to take their own pictures. So I think that what we're seeing here in Tacoma um, specifically is that a lot of our senior photographers that we were, our, our seniors that we were shooting have now, have now picked up cameras and they're running their businesses, right? And they're like launching businesses. So I think there's going to be a dip and I'm sure that people are probably feeling it. I know we have felt it a little bit, but I also think that there's going to always be the clients who want an experience. And um, there's going to be seniors who are going to want to have senior portraits from a professional photographer that knows what they're doing, that they can guarantee that, you know, they're going to have something out that comes out of it that's going to be really, really good. And there's going to be those parents that are going to pay. And as a parent myself, who wants the best for my girls, I would be a parent who would pay. Even I, I pay for my kids to be photographed now and I can do it myself, right? But I want the experience of being a mom and not having to be a photographer. So I think that like we're going to see a dip definitely in the amount of young people who are going to do portraits. But I think that's where as photographers, we have to work harder and do better and continue to create really amazing work and make sure that we have our business, you know, modeled down, that we're making really smart decisions financially for our businesses. And also that we're like really figuring out what sets us apart and we're driving that thing home. Because even with the competition of like the young people around us, who I actually, I welcome it. You know, I, I want to see them do well. Like if they found something that they love, I want them to do it. I want them to do it well, right? And I want them to do it officially and professionally because it only helps the industry. But um, there's still people want us because we're Icantosh, right? Mm -hmm. And that is one thing that I always have to remember. It doesn't matter how many people pick up a camera, um, whether it's a cell phone camera or another camera, like you're still going to have to rise to the occasion as a professional, right? And continue to be innovative in how you approach your market and things like that. So that's a really long-winded response, but no, I love I think it. Actually, it could go either way, but I think no matter what happens, like it's still our job to rise to the occasion and not get lazy. And I think part of being a small business owner is to continuously reinvent yourself and continuously like draw on your strengths and your skills to improve and to be better. And so, you know, Ike and I, we've been running this business for many, many years. Um, if you do follow us online, you may have noticed that we we're not posting as much on Ike and Tosh, but we have now taken you know, the other things that were really great, and I'm a really great writer. There's a lot of other things that I've been wanting to do in business that I've decided to focus on. And it's not that we're not putting this into our business. We're still shooting. We're still very, very busy, but we're trying to figure out ways to incorporate our other strengths that maybe we have not had time to invest in yeah. um, and, and pull those into our business. And so um, where we're not as focused on Icantosh in terms of like social media, where you can see it, um, you can find us in other places online and see that we're still like thriving. And we're just like, you know, you're trying to figure out where your other streams of income are, you know, and that's another part too, as a, as a small business owner, you can't rely on like that one goose egg. Like you've got to get your hands in a lot of different things yeah. so that you can kind of build like a, a corporation, like a, a situation that works well for you. 
No, that's that's so, good. I mean, first of all, I'm glad that you highlight uh, this conversation around technology, how technology continues to to iterate and at a very significant rate, enough that, as you point out, there there is going to be a, a good deal probably of the potential business that will go away as a result of easy access to technology that enables somebody to take not even just a halfway decent picture, but an absolutely incredible picture. I, I actually posted yeah. one of my stories just a couple of days ago, shot with this iPhone 11 Pro with the selfie camera, shot in portrait mode that looks like something that was shot in a studio. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And, and the fact that I can do that, and most people now have access to that technology and can do that themselves. Um, you're right, Tosh, we have to, to create an experience that sets us apart. Uh, and that's where things are going to have to change for photographers. For so long, there was this ego surrounding someone's ability to be able to take a good picture and to know how to do something technically, whether it was lighting or managing f-stops or whatever it might have been. Now you just push a couple of buttons and you get the lighting and the adjustable aperture and depth of field. And, yep. and you know, my five-year-old could do that or whatever. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so easy to do now. So we have to up our game. We have to focus on delivering a more exciting experience. And I think more and more conversations are going to need to be had around that. So I'm glad that you highlight that. Um, I was also glad that you're highlighting the significance of d- diversifying what we're putting our effort, our time and energy into. And I think that's really important as well. We have to consider, hey, what can I do that is a strength of mine that isn't going to be kind of ripped away due to changes in technology? And how can I build on that? And so this is this is good food for thought. And uh, I really appreciate your sharing your perspective on that. But let's keep going in the, in the direction of senior photography. I mean, you've been in this for quite a while. What would you say has been some of the biggest source or sources of education in the realm of senior photography? If our listeners are curious, hey, I'm, I, I want to get started, but I don't really know where to go. Where should they go? Well, I think that, you know, the senior industry is really different from the other industries in our industry. That was a lot of industries in a sentence, but <laughs> um, the senior industry is a lot smaller than the other industries. You know, I have almost spoken at every senior portrait photography conference that there is or, you know, online summit or whatever. And there's really not a ton of us out there that are, um, I guess what I would call industry leaders. Like when I say a ton of us, I'm just saying like you, you can identify who those leaders are. And I think if I were new to the market and trying to figure out what to do, I would reach out to someone who offers education and I would invest in their program. I mean, there are a lot of senior photographers who have programs that you can just go to their website and buy. There are some really great events. Um, I know Amanda Holloway just did her senior online summit that went really well. And then she just put on like a kitchen sink workshop conference. There's the push conference. There's just so many like different things that happen throughout the year that I think are really great opportunities. I also think that if you don't have money, everything that you would want to know or need to learn about senior photography, you can find online. And that's the beautiful thing about living during this time. Like if you're willing to do the work, you can find everything that you need to know for free. So many amazing resources, podcasts, YouTube, you know, articles, rangefinder. There's just so many places where that information is. But if you want the fast track and if you don't want to have to do the work, then, you know, you need to be able to invest 
your business and put the, your money where the your mouth is. And we offer one on ones as well. So <laughs> I, I, well, I was I was actually going to say like you've been very gracious not to to prop up your own education, but you all offer that as well. And I'm just going to say for for everybody listening in, if you go to ikintosh.com/educate, you can find more information there. And I am not, I'm actually not great about like promoting us and and putting that out there just because I don't know why. But um, I do think that everything that you could possibly want to know about senior photography, you really truly could find for free. It just is going to take some work. And I remember when we first started out, I mean, that was exactly how we went about it. When we started shooting seniors, it was still very new. Um, we came onto the scene in 2009 and I feel like senior photography really took off. Uh, Michelle Moore was like one of the very first senior photographers mm. out there. And she, I think she started in like 2008. So it really wasn't it was very young when we came on the scene and decided to do seniors. And so, I mean, when you think about 10 years of a career, that's still a very young industry in terms of like, when you look at the longevity of weddings or other parts of our industry that have been out there. And so I think what's really cool about the senior market is that, there's a lot of great education out there. It's still a really new and young market. So there's a way for you to kind of make a name if that's what you're looking for, you know, if you work really hard. But I definitely think anything that anybody would need to know that they would be able to find very easily. Well, I'm, but I have to, again, give you a little plug here because there's this little a quote on your the education page on your website. It says, we value growth and we believe that talent is 20% of the journey of survival that businesses grow and sustain when strategy is behind them and the muscle to support them. And that is just a beautiful quote and and quite poignant in and of itself. And there's a lot more where that came from. So everybody listening in, if you're curious, if you want to learn more, if you want some of that one-on-one coaching or otherwise, uh, make sure that you do reach out to Ike and Tosh. And and you may not plug yourself, Tosh, but I will definitely plug you guys. And and Well, just in this moment, I'm like, wow, she's such a great writer, that Tosh. (laughs) That's really good stuff, though. I mean, truly. And, and there's strong principle or principles behind that that quote. So it's really, really great. But um, speaking of practical information and actionable information, I know that this, this topic of senior photography is a loaded one, and I don't want to minimize it or make it seem trite by suggesting that we can you know give all there is to know within just a few minutes. But I'd love to get our listeners started in the right direction. So when it comes to this idea of building a strong senior photography business, I'd love for you to share just a few principles that you think would make a big impact as our listeners may begin to build their senior photography business. Perfect. Well, I thought about this and I can jump in, but I think that if I'm not going to jump in, (laughs) (laughs) if I could tell you something like that you could actually put to work today to start working on building a senior portrait photography, um, I would tell you to focus on these three things. And the first one would be relationship. Um, I think that it's important to one, understand why you're doing it and then to put the focus on your client. And I think where a lot of photographers go wrong is they put the focus on the money that they can make from the client instead of like treating the client like an old friend or like a family member. And what I've seen when working with seniors, especially is that they can smell bull crap like a mile away. They yeah. know when an adult is for them and when an adult is not for them. And they know when an adult is trying to like get money from them and only sees them as a client. Yeah. So I think when working with seniors, it's super important to value your seniors and understand that you need to lead with relationship. And that's where the equity comes in, in terms of like building something that is mutually beneficial, right? Like the senior sees you as a caring and adult and then will want to invest in you because they value the relationship. So that would be my first 
things. Yeah, and, um, and I have to jump in really quick though, because you, you highlighted the fact that that seniors, that that kind of older teenager, is going to be very quick to smell the BS. And this is so true. I mean, I think people in general, hopefully, adults are discerning enough to be able to to see that or to know that. But for some reason, young people are particularly able to see that. We have to be aware of that. And and when we go to whether it's the idea of selling or even just interacting with that person on a shoot, genuineness will be seen. It will be acknowledged, likely. It will make a difference in the shoot. It will make a difference in the long-term uh, relationship with that person. And it may seem like cliche thing to say, but I, I think it can't be highlighted enough, and particularly that angle of it. So I really love that you share that, Tosh. Yeah, and there's just – go ahead, Ike. You were going to say something. I was going to say, and also, like, the senior market is a hyper-connected, uh, clientele base and so you know like when you shoot high school senior they go to a school where like all of the referrals are in the same within the same square footage that they're in as wow. opposed to like a wedding client yeah. who may not know the other wedding client or who might you know you might get a friend or two but like yep. these scenes all especially with social media they all follow each other they all know each other mm-hmm. so it they the information or whatever the information is, whether good or bad about you can spread really fast. Really, honestly, like you've got your client, right? Your grenade is going into a pool of future clients every single day for nine months. Wow. And so it's not just like that one time of shooting that senior and then them going to school and then no one books that next day. Like they've got nine months of that experience that they're talking about. And so I think that Ike makes a really great point. Our senior business runs itself. Me and Ike hardly do anything. Hmm. It took a couple of years for us to get to that point, but we generally will just be like, here's our street team. We're going to go have fun with the street team. Okay. Now all the referrals come in and they do. I mean, we book up every season. Um, and so it really has been really wonderful and where a lot of businesses will tend to have like their marketing dollars that they put in for like Facebook ads and things like that. What we've chosen to do for at least the last eight years is we'll take our marketing dollars and we'll put it into our street team. And so we'll give them like some really cool experiences. We've done things like rent out like a clothing store and have a whole party and it'd be like by invite only, but you could only be invited if our street team invites you. Um, we've taken our girls on trips. We've given and them like tea parties and all kinds of I'm just ridiculous basically mm-hmm. um, yeah I want to be on your street team if we're gonna go to Paris <laughs> like come on actually there exactly. you I hear that so often <laughs> go will you do a street team for adults and I'm like it's not just like a girl's trip but <laughs> yeah I mean but that investing in our young people has paid its weight in gold like and it has come back to us tenfold right like and so that's relationship that's the power of relationship and i mean it's not even young people right it's like this this podcast is happening on a friday while my family's in town with my newborn baby because of the relationship that i have with you Hmm. Whereas the people have reached out to me to ask me to do interviews. I've not really had capacity for that right now, but it's the relationship that made me go, this is Nathan. I'll do anything for him. So we'll make this work, you know? So relationship goes a long way and it's really a great place to lead when you're in small business. That really means a lot. Thank you. I'm kind of getting goosebumps here as we're talking. (laughs) Seriously. Thank you. That really means a lot. Well, so we started with relationships as kind of this primary idea. And again, for those of you listening in, don't, don't let this kind of blow by you because you've heard this word relationship. 
elsewhere in the industry. I mean, what we're talking about here, especially the angle from which we're approaching this idea of focusing on a relationship, don't miss out on the significance of it. And more specifically, the significance of investing in genuine relationships, because it's easy to BS people. They're going to see through it likely. And as a result, what you're going to end up with is a very surface level interaction and likely less referrals, uh, if a referral at all, because they're going to know that you're, that you're faking it. Um, I, I just, I've had a hard time understanding as somebody who naturally tends to enjoy deeper conversation and deeper relationships. I personally have a hard time understanding why you wouldn't invest in that because there's just so much more to be gained. I mean, I, I guess you could say it's selfish in some ways and that there's, there's deep benefit from actually putting yourself out there and investing in somebody else and they, they return the favor and you learn from that person, you benefit from a friendship. And, and that's just on a personal level. And then of course, in the business relationships, how far that can take uh, the business relationship, if you're willing to actually put yourself out there personally and invest in somebody else. Uh, I mean, I can tell you guys are a great example of how that has so many different benefits and they go way beyond, as you pointed out, just the money. Uh, so I think it's a beautiful thing, but let's keep going. You start with the relationship. What's the next big idea? I think that asking questions is also another thing, especially like with that particular target audience. I think more than anything, senior photography changes faster than any other type of photography. Like the trends change, what's cool changes. I remember, you know, Snapchat was really huge and we had to be on Snapchat and now we got to be on TikTok. And it was really cool to have these 60 second like videos at one point, but now that's not cool. And then it was cool to have prints, but then it's not cool to have prints and it's just cool to have digitals. And so, like, I think it's important to um, constantly be interviewing your client base and asking questions and not approaching your business as if you've got it figured out or mm. getting stuck in, like, it's really easy to feel like, oh, this is working. And so not wanting to challenge yourself or not wanting to kind of mess up a good thing. For example, for many, many years, it's been about like upselling and doing in-person sales. And I think that's really important, but it's also important to recognize if in-person sales is not what your clientele wants. If that's not how they want to receive their images, if they're not interested in those packages, like we could want to push this agenda for the industry because we feel that's important, but not everybody's client base is up for that. And not in your model, even for your life or your business may not be up for that either. So coming into this year, it's like we've done things a certain way for a really long time. And during that season of life, that worked for us. But in this new season of life where, you know, I guess launching out as a YouTuber, I'm launching out as an influencer, but we still want to also run our business and be home with our girls. Like we had to go, something's got to give. What makes sense now for our business and what do our clients want? And we surveyed our clients and we asked them, you know, uh, what are we doing that you really love? Like what's the feedback from people when you're out there? And we found out that we kind of priced ourselves above our market. Our main competitors are no longer shooting. So we're looking really crazy out there. And we're looking like we cost a lot, you know, a lot more than other people. So we had to really reevaluate that and go, okay, if we're going to bring our prices down, like, what are we going to do differently? And, and so we had to like, take some time and think about that. And I think it's really important not to get in a rut and to think that like the way that you're doing things is the only way that they can be done. Yeah. We just updated our pricing and changed our structure and there's so much freedom. And I realized I needed that. And so I was really thankful for that. And then we saw a change even in how we were getting clients and what clients were doing. And so that worked out really well for us. So I think just like asking questions, getting feedback, 
um, doing some think tanks, doing some brain dumps and not getting stuck in your ways as a business person. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You got to set ego aside and, and keep an open mind and realize you don't have it all figured out. That's, that's so, so good. Um, I want to respect your time. So let's get to the third point. Um, the third thing that I would do is, or that I would consider or think about is knowing that when you're shooting a high school senior, you have two clients, you've got your actual senior that you're shooting and okay. their wants and needs, and you have the parent who's paying. And generally those two things, those two, the things that are important to the client or the senior and the parent are generally not the same. Mm -hmm. And so you are always having to kind of pitch to two different people and you've got to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, and so that was something after having children that I feel like I really kind of grab hold to and really understand that like what I like and what wisdom like is this completely different, right? Yeah. So we've got to meet somewhere in the middle. And as a photographer, you have to be able to do that dance and understand that like you work for two different people with two different sets of needs and two different desires. And how do you balance that out and, and meet in the middle? And so like to, to, to nail down, like, for example, like with posing and the type of images that like, you know, people will connect to, you know, the parents might like to, you know, sit in front of the camera, smile, like the kind of direct. And then the kids, especially with these social media and, and them wanting to like, you know, outdo their peers, they want like the more fashiony, edgy type of photo. And in the beginning, we kind of gravitated to the more edgy. If we wanted to create those like edgy pictures that would impress people. But the parents who are actually spending the money don't care about those at all. They're not that <laughs> impressed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, high, the kid might like it, but the ones who spend the money, they will always pick the one where they're looking at the camera, smiling. And we just had to learn like over time, like, yeah, this picture would be cool for the album or for whatever the case, but you're not hanging out on the wall. You're not hanging the one where they're looking off or a cool black and white silhouette or whatever off guard image, but they'll post it online for Instagram. Easy. So we've learned in our sessions that we're shooting for the senior and we're shooting for Instagram and we're shooting for all of the things that the senior would want to use the pictures for, but we're also shooting for mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure to be cogniz cognizantly aware of making sure that we're creating images that like a parent would actually want and buy and look at their... So we've had a couple audience sessions where a parent is like dang, none of these pictures work. And I'm looking at them like, these pictures are so freaking dumb. <laughs> what are you talking about, right? Yeah. But there's just that that desire to just have that one picture of your child smiling or to have those kinds of things. And so when I backed off of my ego, I was able to go, okay, I get that. And yeah. I need to be making sure that I am understanding that I have two clients here. Just very quickly in closing, because um, I'm, I'm scrolling through your Instagram again, and, and just the, the variety of the portfolio, first of all, is just beautiful. But one of the things I'm not seeing that unfortunately I've seen way too much of, like to the extent that I feel kind of uncomfortable, is the sexualization of young women, seniors, being photographed. Um, it's I don't I don't understand how in our culture, as we develop, continue to develop a more sensitivity to the way that um, we treat the topic of sex and the way that we engage with other people, and particularly when it comes to young people, how this continues to be allowed, the sexualization of you know, 17, 18-year-old women in front of the camera. You've obviously avoided that trend. But what is your thought on this, and what would you say to the photographers out there? Oh, man. Um... You know, uh, I think it goes back to what we realize what you, our business, what makes money and, and also like the type of people that we are like, I, I don't know. It's funny you mentioned that. Cause I'm like, you know, what 
causes you to take a photo like that for high school senior. That's not how we approach, I guess, senior photography. I get that if you're like creating something different outside of like a, a senior session, that's like a portrait and that's what you want to do. Sure. Sure. I don't, I don't even understand how you can approach, you know, senior photography with that kind of I, idea. You know, I don't know. I, I, well, no, I don't get it either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's contact there. There's, there's boudoir photography and, and, um, and well, just, a, and that's kind of a genre in and of itself. And then there are other sub mm-hmm. sub genres. There's a place for that, but we're talking about yeah. adults at that point. I just mm-hmm. am so blown away by the fact that photographers, as you're pointing out, I think that it's okay to do that with senior photography and uh, it's it's offensive and it's kind of just gross in the end. And like I said, I've even felt uncomfortable seeing some of this stuff. And I'm I just wanted to kind of get your take on it. it. Just having so much experience in the senior photography realm, and and maybe just I, I don't know, give a shout out to the senior photographers out there and encourage them maybe a l- to to step back from that a little bit and and uh, approach it from a different perspective. Because I I just think uh, very simply it's a problem. I agree. You know, I'll say this. So we actually have a senior page that, so you're seeing right now on our main page, um, just kind of a sprinkle of seniors, but we actually post our seniors under a private page. Sure. And a lot of the the people that follow are other seniors or other high school students. And I'm really careful about kind of monitoring that page. I did that for several reasons. One, I didn't want to like allow like complete and total access to adults, to high school students when we're posting like the high schools they go to and things like that. Um, So that's one thing, but I'll say this, you know, the way that clothes are being made, it's, it's very, I mean, sometimes it's not even that the photographer is attempting to do that. Sometimes it's the way the senior is posing and just trying to get them because these girls sometimes can be a little more, it's, it's just a different time. I'll say that. Okay. And then like the clothing is that's a lot of the clothes are being made that way. Hmm. And um, it can be really challenging. And I know that a lot of girls, when they come to my session, they're like, Oh, like I try to find this shirt, but like, like a lot of the clothes are crop tops or they're like really short, like shorts or they're really tight jeans. And like you could size up or you can be like more intentional, but it's really about being intentional. Right. And so um, we have a stylist on our team. And she previews all of their outfits and she'll be like, hey, Tasha's not going to go for this or this is not going to work. Right. Sure. Um, when we're posing. I'm really careful about how I pose and really mindful about how I pose. And I also think like being a parent now helps a lot with that. Um, and just thinking about my own girls and how I want them to be seen. Yeah. And so, you know, I do agree that there definitely is a lot of like over sexualization. But I also think that it's also how we see the female body as a society. And sometimes I think that we can tend to over sexualize things. And so I think there's a lot of things that are like kind of at work in this kind of scenario and situation. But I just think as a senior photographer, it's really important to be mindful of that. Like if you know that this is going to be an issue or this top or whatever, then ask the, ask the senior to cover up or just say, you don't feel comfortable taking these pictures, which I've happily said, like, I'm, I'm not going to photograph you in that. Like, that's not for me. Somebody else might be able to do that or maybe willing to, but that's kind of where I draw the line, you know? Good old wholesome senior photography is what we do over here at Ike and Tosh. Well, so. and, and it's very obvious, but I have to jump in really quick because I, I understand that it, it could be easy for somebody to project whatever is going on internally onto the imagery that they're looking at, senior photography or otherwise. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is this very blatant, and, and I'm glad that you made the distinction, Tosh, the difference between kids who are wearing, I, I get that, that kids uh, are going to wear what they wear, and, and that's fine. 
What I'm talking, I think, more specifically about is the obvious posing by the photographer when you've got right. this this girl who's got the patty lip thing going on, you know, shoving her chest out, trying to look provocative, or so it seems, for the camera. I mean, that, that's that's not the senior. I know that they may have a little bit of that in them, but ultimately the photographer is setting this shot up, and, I, and I'm just confused mm-hmm. as to yeah, why that I is agree. being proactively done. That's that's the part that is that really gets to me. And I realize this conversation doesn't have a, a specific ending point. I just wanted to bring it up again and get your take on it. I, I'd love the approach that you take, you've taken. It is quite wholesome, and I think it's a good example for our listeners. It, and just to finish up, Ike, I think you were going to jump in and say something. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, to, to us, and I can't speak to what other people are thinking in their mind or what they're going through, but for us, like, you know, when we're out shooting scenes, we understand that we're trying to run a business. We're trying to, you know, you know sell pictures. And also, like, it goes back to the, you know, working for the client and senior and then, like, we're trying to take pictures that, like, you know, the, the family's going to be proud of and going to yeah. be, like, happy to hang up and mm-hmm. and put up on their wall and, you know, that in that kind of whole vein of things and looking at how we approach um, senior poet. And then sure. also, like, you know, the, these kids are, these are young kids. These are, like, 16, 17-year-old kids that yeah. we're taking, that we're making, you know, high school portraits of. Like, again, like, when you said, like, you know, you have Bodor and, and fashion and whatever, and then you want to approach a fashion shoot that way if that's what it is and that's what it is but i just i don't look at senior photography as being appropriate in that like what you're talking about i you agree 100 know? percent. yeah Agreed. i definitely think it's it's no good and it really shouldn't require that to take a great picture i mean so, to be honest, some of some some of the kids that we shoot like our senior portfolio pictures of them will look one way but then you'll see their instagram and, and I, it's a whole different and i can't even look at it <laughs> yeah. like i yeah. have to i've had to unfollow some seniors because i've seen more of their body than i would want to sure and so like you, we just know that like look what you do in your own time is cool but like you know right. we're trying to take high school senior pictures and we're trying to present a, a a certain image and you know like there's just no time there's not a time and place for that kind of stuff that well you know what you're talking about Nathan agreed well I appreciate you summing that up and and I can't thank you guys enough especially amidst family being in town for making time for me for the podcast for our listeners for our community um, I, I have a lot of respect for both of you and and I appreciate you bringing your experience and your invite, advice to our community just really quickly we we let our listeners know again where they can find you and follow you online yeah, um, you can find us at www.icantosh.com or anywhere online um, by just putting in Icantosh. That's our handle everywhere, all over the web. Perfect. And we'll link to all this in the show notes. For those of you listening in, make sure you go to bookapodcast.com. You can find the show notes there or just in the podcast app that you may be listening to this podcast on. Uh, thank you once again, Icantosh. No thank problem. Thanks so for having, much for having us. Yes. And thank you for all that you do and add to the industry as well. You have been for photographers for so long and we appreciate all the things that you do for us oh thank you that means so much thank you so much for listening to the book of podcast will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the apple podcast app and i'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show my email is nathan at photographersedit.com the Book of Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U, dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit. 
custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.